0: D P
1: P the Steve Dangle podcast with your host Steve Dangle, Adam Wild, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! I don't know. Just, just play the goalie that doesn't allow goals. Like I, I don't see. I don't see what the main issue here is. Is if 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 um, if one goalie allows one goal and another goalie allows zero goals, what goalie are you thinking
2: I mean. If I were a coach, that's simply what I would do. Simply. Now,
0: Kelly Rudy did make a good point post game. Mm -hmm. The Dallas Stars were dog shit. Is is what he exactly said. I don't think he
2: said
1: dog shit on Sportsnet. I'm uh, I'm not. I might have to call you on that one. No, 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 no. I'm quoting him directly. Mm -hmm. Kelly
2: Rudy's a real dude.
1: He is a real dude, though. So I
2: would expect him to say that. Marc-Andre Fleury
0: did have to face a much tougher Dallas Stars
1: team. Right. They're right. on their game in game one. Did he win? Like, I mean, he had a great game despite the gaping sword wound in his back. But Robin Leonard is the starter for the Vegas Golden Knights. Don't even what, try d- it.
2: Should, should, should it read DeBoer or should it now say – four shutouts in the last five games or whatever it is for Robin Leonard. Dude, like it's, didn't I say this? It, it must've got lost in the ether months and months and months ago, but it, around February when the trade deadline happened, I think I asked on the show, I'm like, is this the best tandem in the league? Cause like Flurry is a starter mm-hmm. having a tough year. He's still a starting goaltender, but he's having a tough yeah. year and yeah. they added Robin Leonard. Vezna winner That's, or almost Vezna winner? Vezna nominee? I thought Chicago had one of the best tandems in the league and just, you know, didn't do so great. I mean, doesn't matter. Because
1: they're, they're not good.
0: I'm also well, going to say not, uh, Tristan Jari and uh, Matt Murray
1: probably yeah. up there. If Matt Murray had been better, they would have been. But Matt Murray, he had an okay year. He's still it Matt, wasn't Matt Murray. It was it wasn't Matt Murray level.
2: But there's, there's another example, though. Of there were probably a lot of people going, how could the penguins do this to Matt Murray? He gave them this, he gave them that. What have you done for me lately? His numbers were trash. Jari was in the all-star game. What have you done for me lately? The Bruins, Tim Thomas, pretty sure he won the Vesna. Next year was trash. They gave the net to Tuka Rask. Rask lost in the playoffs. The next year. Tim Thomas wrestled the job back. I think won the Vezina again and the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup. And then Rask was the starter again a couple years later.
1: Well, it's because he disappeared into the woods never to be seen again.
2: Weird. Weirdest beginning and end to his career. Like, I I still remember one day just being like, is Tim Thomas good? Like, remember, he was this weird guy came into the NHL like in his 30s. Yep. And then, like, just started putting together wins. Is Tim Thomas good? And then... Is Tim Thomas the best goalie in the NHL? I remember when and then was, he disappeared.
1: I remember when it was um, him and the last name was Graham. John Graham, wasn't it? On Boston? Uh,
2: the, the lightning goalie?
1: Yeah, but he was a Boston goalie? goalie too. John Graham or something? I think and they thought he was the up and coming guy. They're like, wow, this John Graham kid, man, he could be great. And it was, I just remember thinking it's Tim Thomas and John Graham. It was like four, four first names as your goalies. And uh, <laughs> and I remember thinking like and then and then Tim Thomas was like unbelievable like unbelievable but the thing was Tim Thomas was unbelievable and potentially the worst form I've ever seen on a goaltender like him and Hashik, they were amazing yeah. at diving at everything everything
2: and like it worked wearing what looked like borrowed equipment and like <laughs> uh, what's up with that mask why does why is your mask shaped that way and just. Yeah. Stop pucks? Stop pucks and late hits in the crease for some reason. When,
0: the when Tampa walked away from Ben Bishop, that was more so because his game had just fallen off, right? Speaking of, like, goalies who are on top and then yeah. the kind of yeah. walks away from them, they get Actually, Vasilevsky in the same. And they had
1: Vasilevsky. And winning the the wings. He wasn't bad. Ben Bishop wasn't bad, but that year they had a ton of injuries. I remember going to see them in Florida and they just got shit kicked by uh, Nashville for nothing. And it was not even close. Nashville was very good that year. I think that was the year they went to the cup final. It was 2016 17. Mm -hmm. And yeah, two years
0: previous, it was Tampa in the cup final versus Chicago where they lost. Right. Ben Bishop was the goalie in that. Yeah, they were
2: not
1: good. They were not good that year, but everybody was out injured.
2: That trade, from what I remember, so now I'm looking at it now because it was part of a trade trade that I did. The trade was Bishop went to the Kings. Mm -hmm. He he was a King for like five seconds uh, before getting traded to Dallas. Oh, my God. Okay, I got to read both. Bishop went to the Kings uh, along with a 2017 fifth-round pick. The Lightning got Peter Budai, a 2017 seventh, a conditional 2017 pick, and I'm pretty sure none of those things turned into anything, but Eric Cernak. Wow, they is, got Eric Cernak. Yeah. They got okay. Eric Cernak out of that. And then one, two, three months later, the stars traded uh a fourth round pick to the Kings to get Ben Bishop.
1: Man. Imagine where we the had, Kings would have been if they had just held on to Ben, because Ben Bishop's revived his career completely. He's amazing.
2: With the Stars, he's had a nine sixteen, a nine thirty-four, and a nine twenty. <laughs>
1: It just goes back to that LA Kings tweet from like 2011. Our goalie is going to be better than your goalie for the next 10
2: years. And they had Bishop, and just went bye, bye, right. yeah. bye, and they gave up Cernak. bye, dude. Yep. That's tough. That is tough. Ben Bishop, Ben Bishop, and Robin Leonard, just two goalies who cruised through Ottawa for five seconds and ended up being amazing. Yeah, they had
1: they had some other good ones too, didn't? They? There was another sense. I mean, they've. Yeah, the Sens have had some weird goaltenders. They've been like a goalie factory for yeah, like rest like the rest of Yeah, but like years league.
2: after the fact. Yeah. Like, you know who was awful, awful as a senator and then just decided, you know what? I'm just going to be good every second season. Brian Elliott.
0: Yes. Right.
2: Remember Brian? Yeah, I And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually a little piece of Leafs folklore history and I was at this game. I was at the Boyd Devereaux hat trick game, <laughs> the last game of his NHL career and first ever hat trick. Leafs beat the Sens, and because of that, I think it was the Kings get the fifth pick, the Leafs get the seventh, and instead of getting Braden Shen like they wanted to, they got Nazem Kadri. It it wow. that game, that one single game where Brian Elliott was in net and was a dog's breakfast, uh, changed the course of the Leafs' history. Either mistaken.
1: way, they would have ended up with a g- really good player. Braden Shen and Nazem Kadri. are great.
2: I mean, Braden Cat- Shen would have Cat- been their number is... one
1: center, though, I think. Right?
2: right. <laughs> but then but then, does James Van Reemsdijk like, ever become a Leaf? Because do the Leafs ever trade Luke Shen while well, they still have Braden Shen? On oh, that's the a good point. Never thought about that. A crazy well, butterfly effect.
1: Um, you know, it's funny. The uh, – uh, and this is for Leaf fans because we aren't going to talk about the Leafs much because there isn't much to talk about. But uh, we'll talk about Wayne, the Wayne Simmons thing a little bit later. They haven't played for a while. If you, were to, if you were able to wipe out, I don't know, of that 15-year run where they were awful, except for the 2013 season, where they were still awful, they just happened to make the playoffs, mm. um, what's, what's the, where do you start? Because the first two seasons after that first lockout, they missed the playoffs by like a couple points, right? Like, the one year, one, it was one point, point. And I think the next year was one point, too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then, I, uh,
0: you got I it? I just want to get rid of one thing in this what you whole get last 15 years. What? The Rask trade.
1: Oh. Just
0: to get rid of that, oh. and I'm good. Yeah. Give me, give me everything else after that and before that. Rask for Raycroft, the whole franchise is different.
1: It just goes to show how freaking spoiled Boston fans are, right? He gives them 13 Ugh. or 14 good years, and he goes home because his kid's in the hospital, and they're like, this guy let us down. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> oh, my God. I don't <laughs> Like, what? And, what? and Adam, you, you got me thinking down memory lane. Every, there were so many goalies who were supposed to be the next goalie in Boston. You mentioned John Graham. I don't remember that as much. I do remember Andrew Raycroft winning Rookie yes. of the Year. And do you remember Hanu Toivinen? Yes, yes. He was supposed to be the next big thing for that team. And the guy who ended up doing it for them was Tuka Rask, who the Leafs just gifted them. And this random journeyman, this random journeyman named Tim Thomas, who, if I'm not mistaken, was a 12th round pick of the Nordiques in 1994. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) Look that up. (laughs) Look that up. I'm pretty sure he was a 12th round pick of the Nordiques.
0: Yep. 217th overall, Quebec Nordiques. So that's not even that deep because there's less teams, right?
2: Yeah. What round? Which round, round, was? Nine. round nine. 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 Yeah, still still. around. It's two rounds away from existing today. That's crazy. I'm wow. old enough to remember the eighth round. No, that's, uh, man. You just need a guy. Some, just stop the puck. Just yeah, it's stop true. The puck. It's true. I, I keep looking every year, I look in the playoffs. And, and there's these randoms, Ran- and and the Lightning are a few years deep into this conversation. But Yanni Gord and mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson were randoms, randoms signed as UFAs, and they're just unreal. Kiviranta, and I just and I just keep going. When are the when are the Leafs or you, any anyone of any fan base watching this? When is your team gonna randomly, like? find a 30 goal scorer hiding under the bed because it seems like all the credit, good teams
0: do it i give the leafs credit for some of their um signings out of the u.s hockey program like the leafs have been like good who? with those guys like, um, like noted alumni christian hansen <laughs> like christian oh, bozak, bozak. Is, bozak, bozak is the Bozak's first one that comes unreal
2: to mind. university free agent signing. yeah, yeah unbelievable yeah if you, i gave I'll, I'll give them some credit <laughs> they're just, that was the
1: university to, of uh, university of denver that's right the problem with the Leafs is they hadn't at that point couldn't sign anyone else nobody really actually wanted to sign here um because they didn't have anybody else now uh we do have to talk about uh just what's happened in the playoffs four teams remain uh there's been some reports about some teams that didn't want to be there and how they were behaving uh, we'll get to that a little bit. We're going to talk about Wayne Simmons, potentially in a leaf jersey, which we talked about last show, but of course the legend that is Pierre Lebrun actually interviewed him and asked him straight up. Uh, and what the answer is it. very, very interesting. Uh, and yes, you can read into it. Um, and, uh, there's going to be a little bit more, but anyway, let's start with our with Kelvix. It's coming. What, what are we waiting for? Oh, are we not going to – oh, okay. I thought the intro was going to (laughs) run. Steve's running off camera. What are we waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. So so I have – okay. I have a conversation. That calls for some frosted flakes. Sure does. Is Tony to
2: come? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Anthony. Anthony. Oh he
1: was just goodness. a little late for the segment. Now, that's a reason for a cereal sellie. Okay, Give now, it to me, we are going to talk about something <laughs> that a lot of people are saying about the Frosted Flakes commercial that I think you're going to find very interesting, especially in the age of replay. And the age of, oh, I don't know if that goal counts. We'll get to that in a second, Steve. Firstly, what do we need to look up on YouTube today or tonight for one of the greatest sellies of
2: all time. Adam, to have a proper sellie, do you need to win? Do you need to win the game? I don't think you need
1: to win the game. I mean, if you're a Leaf fan, the best sellies happen when we lose, like the Matthews point and the, and the Matthews point and, and the Matthews point is the only one I can think of right now. Hmm. But, you know, because like there are some really good – good. I mean, there are great sellies for Leafs that, you know, when they tied it up and then lost a game in overtime. That's what I'm thinking. If you're a Leaf fan, I think you, you just have to accept what you get, right? Right. Now, it doesn't mean the whole NHL is like that. Some people have higher standards. Why do you ask? Well,
2: I'm asking because this is a moment that stings for many Calgary Flames fans because they did win this game. But they did not win the ultimate prize. Mm. I am talking, of course, about there are not many shifts throughout NHL history that are simply labeled the shift. The Canucks have a few uh, with the Sedines just holding onto the puck for like four minutes straight. The Flames have one, and it's from the 2004 playoffs. With oh, Jerome man, McGinley, man. Magic. Magical run. Uh, magical performance by Jerome McGinley Would have won the Conn Smythe uh, had they won. Maybe. Probably still should have. Pro- yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but what makes the shift so memorable and easy to identify on YouTube, no bucket. Old school when your, you know, your helmet fell off, you didn't have to skate straight to the bench. But Jerome McGinley gets his bucket ripped off, early in the middle of it, uh, going nuts. They're holding on to possession. He's banging. He's crashing. And the Calgary Flames persist, and they get the puck in the net. I don't even think Aginla was the guy who scored. I can't remember the guy who scored because it was called the shift for a reason, and that reason was Jerome Aginla, right there. You're going to look that up. You're going to type in the shift and Iginla because that is one of my favorite Flames goals of all time. Now, we need to talk about the shift when it comes to
1: Tony. There's a very famous commercial. And it's run. game time. Don't flake on the Frosted. That's right.
2: That's okay, right, Tony. Okay, Tony, Tony is getting used to what I'm used to, which is interrupting Adam. Right, which is Steve's bad, right. great. I agree, Tony.
1: Now... Best friend, Tony the Tiger. With the, the ultimate commercial that we've, always, that we've all seen with Frosted Flakes, and we will include the URL in the YouTube links. So you'll be able to see it. It's playing
0: right now. Oh, it's playing right now.
1: (laughs) Guys, did you notice anything in that commercial?
2: Uh, I just noticed Tony the Tiger and his line mate achieving their goal and having a serial selly, Adam. Because what I noticed is that Tony's offside. (laughs) Now, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Tony's offside.
1: Uh, how is he offside? There is it's it's, dis- it's debatable, but we I want you to review. throw it out there. Video review. Watch it again. Tell me what you think. Is Tony offside? Now, Steve, don't give me an answer now. We're gonna complete, we're gonna give people a few days to think about it, to look it over. Sunday we're gonna decide was Tony offside and should that goal have been called back? Because there are people that are actually reaching out to Frosted Flakes to tell them, hey, by the way, Tony's offside. Maybe you're he joking. shouldn't be celebrating so much. I'm not. This is how hardcore Canadian fans are. <laughs> All right. So
2: this anybody- is like people who talk about the flying V. Are you serious? Oh, I'm my serious. God.
0: Anybody who pulls up the video on YouTube, or if you're just watching this video, I'll include it like while I'm talking right now. At like one second of the YouTube video, it's called Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, the cereal Selly on Frosted Flakes Canada's YouTube channel. If you go to one second and you watch it at 2.5 speed, there's this, oof, this tough angle where the stick is down, one skate is down on the ice, and the puck is in the zone. But oh are his skates... Over the line. No
1: answers right now, Steve Jesse. No answers right now. I need to see this. No, you. No answers right now. I need to see it. It's so tough. I want you to take a few days to think about it. I need to know what you think. I need you to tweet us. Tag Frosted Flakes Canada. This is fun. Make sure you tell us, because I think I think we may have an. Oh boy. (laughs) Are you watching it? It's a tight. It's tight, right? Uh, I keep double clicking to, to go frame it.
0: by frame. Now the way you he... lose the puck on his stick for like half a second, and that's where that's the all controversy you need. comes. You know, that's all you okay, need.
2: Okay, you guys are focused on Tony potentially being offside. I'm focused on the fact that Tony makes this pass with his eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> he d- he makes the pass with his he closes them, passes it, and opens them. That is that is confidence. That is swagger. That it, he closes his eyes. The madman. You well maybe he this. shouldn't
1: have because he might be offside. Adam. It Steve. counted. It counted. Listen, I don't know. we don't know
2: what league he plays in.
1: No, no, no. So... no. This is this is NHL rules. <laughs>
2: what if You don't it's know that? Some
1: other okay, It might league.
2: be NHL rules, but do they have review?
1: Yes. They have YouTube. <laughs> We're trying to find out now if it's not so here's what we need to do prove one way or the other and you have to show us your case I'd like to see your case for it because otherwise the call on the ice stands right it always stands if if you can't prove it then the call on the ice has to stand and the call is goal can
0: I also uh say something else about the video sure I'm upset at Tony's teammate for taking a slap shot on a breakaway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bomb, though. No,
1: <laughs> I don't care, man.
2: I get that. Whatever he scores, it takes, Whatever
0: I get, it takes. get that he scored. But still, you should come on. Dangle the goalie a little. Try and go five hole. You have to slap it right at him,
2: buddy. That's My a day. bomb, though. I'm listen. <laughs> All I see is a dynamic duo with a ton of swagger. Guy makes the pass with his eyes closed. He bombs it on a two-on-o. <laughs> Come on, Sadines never did that. <laughs> Sadines never had swagger like that. Come on now.
1: Hey, listen, I, I don't have any problem with slap shots and a breakaway. Really? Am I am I wrong?
2: No. Why why it, score the goal? This I don't care. care. Score the goal. As a Canadian, you're obligated to have a problem.
0: With it. Yeah, There's, somebody's clearly I? never gone to the Don Cherry School of Hockey.
1: <laughs> like I do. As
2: a Leaf fan, you're supposed to have a problem with it, too. Am Robert and all
1: that. <laughs> no. yeah. I also have no problem with spinoramas in uh, in, the, in the breakaway thing. That, uh, and, or, sorry, the breakaway. The, on a penalty shot. Shootout. Shootout. That's what I mean. And we can't, we're I don't know to do if that, it's illegal
2: you know? on a penalty shot. You, it's you're allowed to
0: do it if your momentum keeps forward. So if you do a spinorama forward, then yes. But as, as soon as uh, it can be deemed that you're – momentum shifted to the opposite direction up the ice, then your penalty
1: shot is uh, disqualified. There you go. Jesse rules Blake. (laughs) That's it for us with Kellogg's anyway. And we're going to, we're going to decide for real need you to have a look at this. We start for real on Sunday. We will have a verdict for you. So send in your thing, put it on the Reddit page, our Steve dangle um, right next to the, we hate Adam comment section. And, uh, and, (laughs) and, (laughs) <laughs> shh, shh, shh. don't bring up that faction
2: sorry for starting that thread by the
1: way <laughs> I, I know it's gonna happen anyway uh all right He's all right
2: great.
1: he sure is, so, is let's, Adam. so let's go to uh the knights and the stars and it really is like two separate two obviously two separate games but no nothing in these two games seems the same the dallas came out and had a pretty great game the first game and then didn't in the not words of uh, Kelly Rudy, they had a dog shit game, the second game. Now, I think you got to attribute some of that to Vegas. Vegas is a very good hockey team, too. And sometimes, I think, sometimes we, we, we put a little bit too much on teams that don't show up or don't play well instead of putting it on the team that did show up and play well who made them not play well. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Raptors got killed, killed the other night uh, against the Celtics. The Raptors legitimately just didn't show up. They kept trying to hit threes with a. I don't know the first ten shots of the game hit the rim and out. That was a team that was just bad, and the Celtics were very, very good. But the
0: Raptors, was one of the threw most the frustrating up.
2: Raptors game. Saw...
0: Siakam's not a star. Like, I think we're all not we yet. Admit
1: that at this point. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. He could be. Not yet. No. <laughs> we got to look at. Uh, we got to look at the fact that Vegas can take over any game against any team. You know, and we can't underestimate the fact that. Um, you know, there were some stupid penalties. Uh, they're actually the rewind right now, as I'm, as I'm telling you, this is on Sportsnet, and that Radulov call on Mark stone, you know, where he slashed him just stupid. Uh, but I feel like as bad as everybody thinks Dallas was, uh, I would attribute a lot to that, a lot of that to Vegas. And I think that Vegas is just a very good hockey team that showed up and had a goalie that didn't let in a goal. And I know everybody who is a Marc-Andre Fleury fan is like, well, wait a second. We could have used a little bit of uh, goal support in the first game. True. But Vegas sure. is all over Dallas on this one. And I wonder if that smothering defense that Dallas plays, if that is going to be possible uh, for, this, for this whole thing. Because I don't know if, if Dallas can play the same way that they played in the second round. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know that you can play every team the same way. I don't know that Dallas can
2: play Vegas like this. Just a thought. Well, and like with the Islanders, for example, we keep talking about how they, like, the, the Capitals look terrible. Yep. And the Flyers we'll fly look lighter. terrible. Yeah. Well, and the Flyers look terrible. What if the way the Islanders play just makes you look terrible? I think we need to look into that. Like, if I were the Dallas Stars, I would simply get more than 24 shots against Robin Leonard. The way Vegas played wouldn't allow it. Now, the penalty factor is pretty wild. Because even though Vegas only got one power play goal, it was still six power plays to two. Mm -hmm. Here's the kind of effect that has on you, whether you uh, win or not. The Dallas Stars, oh, my God. Yeah, there it is. The Dallas Stars for forwards, leading in ice time, I believe, was Tyler Sagan with 16 minutes and 45 seconds. If you're on the penalty kill that much, it you're just you can't, you can't no. get into any kind of rhythm. You're never going to win. It doesn't matter if you kill every single one. It still just destroys the rest of your game plan completely destroys it. And it allowed Vegas to kind of save their horses too. Cause uh a guy like Mark Stone, 1725, that's all he played. Like they have stars and no one no one up front played more than twenty minutes. The only guy on the back end who played more than twenty minutes was Nate Schmidt and that's because he was on the power play the whole time. So it just you gotta stay out of the box. Gotta be disciplined.
1: Um from what you've seen from the first two games in this series, do you think that there's a clear cut, this is the, this is the team that's going to win it. Or do you really feel like even one, one, we don't know enough yet.
2: We don't, I think if
1: Ben Bishop stays out,
0: it's going to be real tough for the stars. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, they didn't look great in game two and Kudobin's okay, but I don't believe he's going to stay on his head. Like Bishop has the ability to, and just from what I've seen from Vegas, I'm still leaning hard on them.
1: It's a great team.
0: Yeah. It's a great team with more scoring,
1: with more scoring.
0: And Ryan Reeves is so tough. He plays just going around the ice, smacking everybody around. Like he wasn't
2: in game one. He wasn't wasn't there. there. That's right. He was.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
2: It's it's amazing how that changes a team. I want to say it was John Shannon or someone was basically like because Vegas articles were written about him earlier in the playoffs. They're like the loudest team in the league. They're motor mouths. They're cocky. They like talking about how good they are, and and everything. And in game one, the comment was oh they're really quiet and their ringleader the guy who does the most chirping the most bang and the most crashing wasn't in Mm -hmm. and -hmm. it's amazing what kind of an effect that can have and now all of a sudden the stars took six penalties it could be coincidental it's only one game that's why i'm not ready to write the stars off but it's a pretty big factor
1: a huge price to get ryan reeves and traded him that same season or let him go to vegas there was something uh, like how he ended up there, and he was supposed to be what he is in Vegas, but for Pittsburgh, and we thought Pittsburgh was nuts for for, for giving up what they gave up or for signing him to what they signed him to. I, I forget which what, which it was, but it, it was a it signing retreat. It was like a first-round pick, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. You know what, man? Here, I'm still trying to find it. Here it is. You know what, man? You can still love Reeves. But, but, but a first round pick yeah no. <laughs> no okay so here's here's what it was it it wasn't quite that so the penguins acquire ryan reeves and a second round pick what they gave up though was oscar sunquist and a first round pick in 2017 so basically what they did was they moved up or they sorry the down. penguins right So it's not like we gave up a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves. But still, Oscar Sundquist, Stanley Cup champion. He was – man, he was better than I thought. In 25 games, he had nine points as a depth guy for the Blues. That's not nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then – oh, my God. All the Penguins got in return – what did they get? What, that? what
1: do they get? What do they get? What did they get?
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So here's what I just read that made me react like that The Golden Knights acquire Ryan Reeves in a 2018 fourth. All the Penguins got in return was Tobias Lindbergh. Oh, former leaf. Former <laughs> leaf. Now, the reason that's not totally true, and I'm not going to bog down the podcast by looking up the whole thing, that was that weird three way trade. Remember that?
1: It was a three way
2: trade. No, no, that wasn't the Leafs. I want no? to say it was the uh, sentence? I'm not totally sure, but it was. It involved Derek Brassard, and they tried to make it, and there was something with the salary retention where the NHL went, no, 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 and they nixed the trade, and then I think they like reef. Financed it? I don't know. I don't I don't know the proper term for I don't know refinances re- the a
0: refinance word.
2: they, they figured out ACR zero down.
0: It's great. <laughs> what if we kissed at the refinancing event? Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, something like that, Jesse. <laughs> uh maybe later in the show. Oh here it is. Oh my god, what what is this mess? So the Sens acquire Ian Cole, Philip Gustavson, goaltending prospect, I believe, a 2018 first from Pittsburgh, um, and a 2019 third. The Penguins get Derek Prissard, Tobias Lindbergh, and Derek Prosard was salary retained. Uh, and Vincent Dunn and a 2018 third-round pick. Jesus. And the Golden Knights get Derek sard who i guess they then retain holy shit that's confusing and ryan reeves very confusing no very confusing i could see why they said no to the first trade wow wow and then the Sens didn't even keep that first because it says keandre miller and he's with the rangers i'm confused man who did they get that's there's a trade trade part of the Zabina jad trade maybe i don't you should you should do a video
0: on this i think yeah that's a weird one
2: yeah, uh, I should do a a trade tree. There's there's a reason I don't do them live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's wild. Yeah. Um It'd take a while. Now Tampa
1: Bay rolled in and steamrolled the New York Islanders. Wow, eight to two. That to me is a team having a bad game, and a team having a very good game. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Tampa Bay was very very good. The Islanders were not. The Islanders are a much better defensive team than what we
2: saw, without question. Yes. I like – did you see what uh, John Cooper said after the game? I didn't. He goes, let's be honest. This is a one-off. We took advantage of a tired team. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true, right? The Lightning were fat and happy. The Islanders uh, had just uh, finished a seven-game war with Philadelphia. And you talk about the importance of closing out a series. Yes, the Islanders did – get the win they could have been done in five Mm -hmm. ah two overtime games yep two games that went to overtime you could have closed it out and as a result you're down one nothing now the the way it usually
1: works in hockey is that if a team gets blown out the way the islanders did they come back and win like two or three nothing (laughs)
0: That's, Um, that's what it seems like every single time a good team gets blown out they come back and they win
1: but yep and i i don't doubt that the islanders win a few games in this series but oh Is this – I mean, at least one. Are they going to win the next game? Because they are still going – I mean, it's nice of John Cooper to say that. That's very hockey of him. But at the same time, the seven-game series doesn't just wear off. You don't just recover from that magically in 48 hours. You're you're sore. You're exhausted. And, yes, you get to hang out in that bubble or whatever. But we're talking about weeks to recover from things like that
2: with the wear and tear on the body. I think it's going to be a very rough – aggravating game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you think Uh, the Islanders are going to smother them? They're going to bang and crash. And they only had to deal with Cal Clutterbuck for six minutes uh, Mm. because of injury. And now they're saying he's available, but I'm like, like you still got Ross Johnston who's that's not fun. You got Matt Martin. That's not fun. I don't understand totally the status of Leo Komarov, but heading into game one, they said everyone was available. So I think the Islanders are going to do what they do best, which is smother, but uh, underratedly bang and crash.
0: Okay, I have a question on the uh, – we are talking about the rest factor. So the Lightning finished their series with Boston on the 31st. Did they get to travel yeah. to the Edmonton bubble immediately after finishing that?
2: I because don't think the-
0: they – did. The Islanders didn't finish their series until the 5th of September. So did the did the Lightning get to go on like the first of September and then spend those four days in the Edmonton bubble? And then the Islanders the Islanders have to travel. Time on, zone. Yeah, and then the Islanders travel on the sixth, and then you uh-huh. play this game, what, a day later? Ooh.
2: So there's an article tweeted out by the Tampa Bay Lightning on NHL.com from September fourth. It's going to be weird, uh, even practicing blah, blah, blah. And it's on leaving Toronto to enter a new bubble. So I think they stuck around until it was uh, time to begin the third round. I don't, I don't okay. think they had a huge advantage in that regard. They just no. had a rest advantage. They were rested. Okay.
1: Um, I'd be
0: interested to know to their travel dates.
1: Because uh, yeah. it would make a huge difference, right, Jess? Like it. it I mean, did the even idea... A day. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's well, because it's even if it's a couple hours different, your whole body routine changes that you've become accustomed to for the last month. That's a big deal for an athlete. Like, you remember uh, Jack Eichel's um, like pregame ritual, like routine? <laughs> Imagine throwing that thing off by
2: five minutes. All right. Well, and like, he'd be, be a mess. <laughs> part of it was like he rides his bike around and, and he's got a sandwich get a drink from a certain place. Okay. Hey, Jack. Yeah, you can do none of those things. (laughs) You're not allowed to do all the stuff that makes you feel comfortable, you're not allowed to Mm -hmm. do any of it
0: but they've been living in the same spot for two months now. So you gotta Mm -hmm. think they've built some routine out of that, you know, eight weeks in the same little hotel room and then you shift over and if you get a couple extra days in the new situation, who knows? Big difference. Big difference if that led to seven two.
2: Here's how long this season has been. Also like just the mentality of it. Rick bonus, Dallas stars, head coach was talking about like life in the bubble. And he was very open about like the mental effect this has on teams. And it, it dawned on me. Rick bonus is not the coach. The Dallas Stars started the season with no. <laughs> he did he even get 20 games. I don't know. You know, what's crazy. I don't remember the guy who got fired. His name. That was years ago. That, when did he get fired? Like, November?
1: It was. December? It was just after the Babcock stuff. I remember that. And it was an incident that apparently – I mean, he went into substance abuse. Jim uh, Montgomery. Yeah. Jim
2: Montgomery.
1: December 10th he was fired. There you go. It wasn't long. I remember like, talking about it.
2: You're just getting used to this guy being your coach, and you're just getting used to being the coach. And then they go, by the way, season's done. Okay, by now it's way, back. Pack your – yeah. Well, yeah. How long how long are we going to be done? Oh, I don't know, might be 2 weeks, might be like 6 months. <laughs> We're not sure. Like mm-hmm. just for for anyone who's still like for anyone who's still on the fence about this not being a real cup. I I feel like winning this cup is harder <laughs> than it is in most years. Whoever wins it friggin earned it, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can and see that. And it's not like there's a weird team in the finals. It's not like Montreal is here, you know? It's not like Montreal yeah. versus no, Phoenix. It's all the best teams. We got four of the top four teams in the NHL. Yeah. So. yeah. Three
2: yeah. round-robin teams, and the only one that squeaked in that wasn't is the Islanders. Like Yeah. And Montreal
1: would have been fun. Get me, don't get me wrong. That would have been <laughs> great. But uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everybody would have had – some some issues with that um you know if anything it's reinforced the fact that the best teams are the best teams in the nhl and maybe maybe the parody isn't as close as we think it is you know i think maybe a a lot is made of the parody but you look at who's made it through uh even with that you know four month off five month off delay that that we had best teams are still through nothing's changed and you know everybody got healthy best teams are still through and teams like the leafs that are a leaky ship anyway sunk almost immediately uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Now, um, let's talk about a team that apparently didn't want to win a cup. Can you imagine showing up for the bubble? Actually, first off, I do want to say, apparently there was some, some rumors that came out after, uh, all the teams switched over to, um, the Edmonton bubble from Toronto. And I guess there was a lack of amenities and I'm thinking specifically, it's probably hotel. I X saw the that the pool. Uh, but yeah, there was some, Oh, what did the, there's nothing because Edmonton would, I mean, in the hotel they're in, it's just, it's just less. There's just less to do.
0: Yeah, because you know? uh, here in Toronto, they had access to, like, BMO Field. Yeah. No, they could just go out there and play Ultimate Frisbee. You couldn't do that in Edmonton. can do it the crazy, same way.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they could do a lot of stuff there or in Toronto that they can't They can't in Edmonton. So, I thought it was funny because I was like, guys, you're not going to be there that long. Like, stop bitching. Like, are you serious? <laughs> there's a pandemic going on. You guys are still making money. Like, get out of here. <laughs> stop complaining. Oh, my Wi-Fi is not great. Like, stop right. it. <laughs> it's, the, it's like, is there Wi-Fi in Winnipeg? You know, it's one of those stupid things. Now, um, the, the thing, though, that, that it was interesting <laughs> – was Michael Russo, who dropped an absolute bombshell last year with the Paul Fenton article, which I still have not gotten over. I have not recovered from that.
2: But on um, so good, so good.
1: In a segment that I think you will find very, very interesting. At Account for Hockey, who you should follow. Um, he was on the Russo Hockey Show. It's named after him. It's kind of like the Steve Dangle podcast. Much like
2: what Steve an Dangle. egotistical bastard. I know, right? He said, "What yeah, a loser." Well, <laughs> I mean, the stories
1: from inside the bubble about the Caps basically turning it into a vacation, having pool parties and things like that, you pretty much knew they had no interest in being there. That was the drop. Now, a source close to the Capitals told uh, uh, Russian Machine that it's BS. The source explained that the team's problems were hockey-related and not due to how they spent their time in the bubble. People used to make up stories about Ovi like this all the time. When in doubt, make up disparaging story about Ovi for clicks. Uh, Jenner Jensen, that's
2: just too easy Jenner that's Jensen easy. who is the
1: wife of defenseman Nick Jensen pushed back on Russo's comment as well and she wrote my husband wanted to win a Stanley Cup so did all of his teammates many Capitals players gave a glimpse into what their experience was like at uh, Hotel X you know there's just him, them hanging out having some like hanging by the pool and having a glass of wine like wh- yeah. nothing wrong with that that's being a human it's being totally fine. and yeah. when you're isolated you you want to be social with the people that are at least there right if anything I would say it's a great team building exercise. However, Michael Russo is one of the best reporters in the game. He doesn't say that
2: stuff lightly. Yeah, can we can we stop what listen. Is the story true or not? I was not there. I have no idea. Okay? But don't accuse Michael Russo of all people of making this up. Someone told him this, and they might be making it up, but a trusted source of a trusted journalist told him this story. So he told it, as
1: is his job. Is it possible that the truth is somewhere in the middle? Like, maybe they weren't as devoted as they have been in seasons past because some of them didn't want to be there away from their family. Who
2: said Ovechkin? I know. that uh, Nobody said Ovechkin. yeah. Oh, you said it? I saw other people talking about it on Twitter. I'm like, who? Russo didn't. That's that's a little weird. Man, the Caps didn't try very hard. What are you saying about Ovechkin? Well, now I'm thinking about him. I wasn't before, but like Steve, that's a weird thing to just bring up.
0: I'm sitting here waiting for you to get to your point about a certain head coach coming in and this all being a setup for that.
2: Oh, Listen,
0: I saw that and my ears perked up. My eyes, I should say.
2: So, I had a tweet that made Washington (laughs) Capitals fans very upset. Sorry, Jesse, you caught me off guard. I'm like, you're on good terms with Caps fans. What point are you talking? Well, I'm on good terms with them, which is why I think this caught them so off guard. So, I just put three screen Caps in succession. And they are as follows. The first is an article from Russian Machine Never Breaks. The Athletics' Michael Russo says the Capitals turned their bubble experience into a vacation. They had no interest in being there, is the quote. The second screen cap is from the Russian Machine article. The Capitals certainly looked listless on the ice for most of the 2020 playoffs and were upset in the first round by former coach Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders in five games. Capitals head coach Todd Reardon was fired days later after GM Brian McClellan cited the need for a new experienced bench boss who could push some buttons on some players, some good players. My third screen cap is an article from Sportsnet Mike Babcock and Gerard Gallant have interviewed for the vacant Capitals head coaching position. And all I said was, it's very happening. Listen, (laughs) for a story that's made up and fake, it's a little weird that the Caps GM, sorry, not, not some, writer because we all know they all lie well it's the media fake news <laughs> <It's the> media. <laughs> you the media you friggin' especially sh- especially a liberal
1: like russo
2: oh especially <laughs> i don't know how he votes by the way <laughs> i don't know anything well, no but don't, don't know. you adam he's in the media <laughs> Do you think Frank he wears Barton, a mask? PBS, it's all the same. Russo definitely wears him. a mask. Yeah, he simps for the
1: wild and wears a mask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Simpson. Visc- this Visc-
2: bro. It's what you got an immune system for. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, uh, it's a little weird that. Todd hold on, Ritter do the media goes- thing again. Do the media. The media. Thing. It's very funny. God. Sorry, continue, continue. Um, it's where you were going was the GM of the capitals seems to think that they need a coach who can push some buttons and with some of their good players. You guys are on this hockey podcast too. Who are some of the good players on the Washington capitals? Uh,
1: Alexander Ovechkin.
2: That's one. Backstrom. Backstrom. It's weird that you went to Ovi first on account of he's the best, but you know
1: uh john carlson norris trophy
2: nominee john carlson no one said ovechkin until you guys said ovechkin i'm just saying Uh, no one no one said ovechkin until you said ovechkin he said
1: some players some very good players that doesn't mean ovechkin right it could mean anyone
2: the nhl they're all very good players you talking about uh verana are you talking about phoenix copley he needs to step up his backup game radko Radko gudas Talking about Brendan Dillon there? Michael Kempney. Definitely Michael Kempney. 100% Michael Kempney. And Nick Jensen, too.
1: Let's be honest. Nick Jensen, for sure.
2: Like, no one said Ovechkin until you said Ovechkin. No No one said it. But the first place my mind went when they said, oh, we need a coach who pushes some buttons, my mind would have gone to Babcock. But the fact of the matter is the truthful truth is that the Caps have, honest to goodness, interviewed Mike Babcock? Now it doesn't mean they're serious about hiring him necessarily, because we talk like every they never pay show. Coaches.
1: Washington does not
0: pay coaches. Well, um, but he's getting a little paycheck from a team we share for.
2: From the laughs. He's an experienced coach. He has won a Stanley Cup in the last twenty-five years, which essentially guarantees him a job. Him and his band of children took the Caps very seriously in 2017 and almost did the thing. They've interviewed him. They want a coach who isn't going to take any shit. And, oh, the money thing. They don't pay their coaches. Oh, you're right. You're right. You don't think that losing to Barry Trotz might be making them think that that was the wrong choice? And I oh.
1: should point out, I should point out, let me throw this out to you. Mm-hmm. Should point out that the Leafs will still be on the hook for part of Mike Babcock's salary. They're not gonna pay him five million, sure. but even sure. if they pay him two and a half, the Leafs have to pick up the other two and a half, but he's gonna get his sure. five and whatever million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the no. Leafs, though, the Leafs have to agree to it though. So yes. if the caps, if the Leafs decide, well the Caps, you're not you're not picking up enough of this, uh, then they could say no. He's under contract. Yeah. I don't, so I what, don't see- And if I'm the Leafs, I'm going. You've got to pay. Sorry. You've yeah. got to pay big money for this. I guy. don't see them
0: preventing him from working. You know, I see them, even if it's not enough, the capitals want to pick up. I see them just negotiating to a point where if they want to hire him, they'll get to a figure where it's reasonable for everybody.
1: 3 million. No, I, I look you pay 3 million.
2: Could be Adam. I, I look at pay. the Washington capitals and I go like, in my personal opinion, Gerard Gallant would be a- amazing with them. I think it's a really good fit. Babcock, like, we got to stop talking about him like he's a terrible coach. No, like, he's just he a just, questionable...
1: He can just does some questionable shit. <laughs> well,
2: and this this is the... And then, so I was, I was tweeting at Ian Olin from Russian Machine about this. We got to stop thinking about this like us. Mm-hmm. And we got to think about it like NHL guys. Babcock did some reprehensible you are you are in their mind i would think you're lumping him in with some other much with bill peters is what you're saying with yeah. bill peters you're, n- no, you're not even close not not the it's, same it's not the same it's not good it's not good but in your mentions be honest with me in your mentions when you saw this babcock thing happen and you were talking about it terrible that he did what he did to mitch Marner, How many hockey dudes were like, that's just how I grew up. That's just how I grew up is the coach came in and he yelled at you and he, you know, pushed these buttons and he made you better. That was everyone. Okay. All those guys grow up to then be the guys who are making decisions for the Washington Capitals. You know what I mean? All those guys grew up in that environment. You got to stop thinking about it like we do. And you got to think about it how NHL executives do. It's the same pool of 40 guys, maybe, for 32 jobs. And he's won a cup in the last quarter century. I just I think can't there's wait. a serious chance they hire him.
1: I can't wait till Ovechkin uh, has to play fourth-line minutes because he's not back-checking. I can't wait.
2: Dale Hunter <laughs> 2.0, <102.0, laughs> baby. Dale Hunter 2.0. Don't yeah.
1: say that. Yo, it's going to happen. Yo, Ovi only got 16 minutes. Ooh, uh, well, uh, you know. Oh, and, then they'll have, and they'll have some f- fourth-line center who got 23 minutes. And he, he, we won't even know. I can't wait. I can't wait watching it. Good luck.
2: It's it will, will, it will will be get the max 18 time, minutes a game. It wouldn't be the first time in NHL history a GM hired a coach to spite his team. Because he thinks they need it. It's happened. The Leafs to my understanding, the Leafs were ready to be done with Randy Carlisle. And uh, they yeah. and they extended him because they're like, no, we can't let the players win. They cannot rule the roost here. We make the decisions, and we're going to keep the guy who's a pain in their ass, just to send them a message. I'm just like, saying, I. If I were, ho- if if I were the caps, do the next year. <laughs> if, if I were the caps, I would hope that. The, yeah, it wasn't very fun after that. But if I were the caps, I would desperately hope that, or uh, caps fan, I would desperately hope that Gerard Gallant gets hired. Caps fans, it might happen. Might happen with Babs, the Capitals. That's gonna happen. <laughs> the Capitals, no. The Capitals, there's the name of the show, right? There. The Bab Capitals. No, Capitals is better. The Capitals. <laughs> I love
1: that. I love that so much. Oh my god. So um, Pierre LeBrun talked to Wayne Simmons, and we talked about Wayne Simmons on the last episode, and you know the opinions at the time were, yeah, I'd love to have him. But it certainly seems like with the reputation Wayne has, and maybe his, his offense isn't going to be the same as it used to be. He may never be a 60, 70-point player in the NHL again. Yes, he would be a great addition to the team. He, he'd be, uh, he's such a uh, – he's a good team person, first off. He's been there before with many teams. Like, he's played on some really great L.A. teams and then some really great Philadelphia teams and some not-so-good ones. Um, and uh, always is known as tough, mean – not a fun guy to play against. And that's the thing, Steve, you always mention is that it's, the Leafs are too fun and too easy to play against. You have to, you mm-hmm. should really dread coming to Toronto and
2: teams don't, they don't. You, and- you need to keep, sorry, go. sorry I was going to, you need to keep your head up when Kyle Clifford is on the ice, but he's not, he's not a pain in the ass. They need a pain in the ass. Probably two
1: or three pain in the ass.
2: Probably two or three. But uh, one thing about Wayne is it's after every whistle, too. It's yeah. not in between the whistles. It's not in between the whistles. It's, he's just going to wear on you all the time. And now we're talking about prime Wayne, prime Wayne Simmons, though. We don't know what we have with him. And this is why I'm worried about the Leafs committing big money to him. And I think most NHL teams are worried about committing big money to Wayne Simmons. But what I tweeted was, what if, because we know being close to home is important to him. That's why he in Aurora. trade to the Buffalo Sabres. Lives in Aurora, Adam, but he's got a bunch of real estate in our old neighborhood, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah? That's good for him. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want him to win the cup with the Leafs and then bring the cup to the Black Dog Pub. Let's That'd go. Be, be the third guy. Chris Draper, Devontae smith Pally, and then you. Um, but he, he likes being close to home. He all but said, I'd like to be a Leaf. Well, here's what he said. Here's the yeah, here we quote. go. I'm oh, open to
1: everything. Toronto's got a great core. I think that's definitely a team where I could go in and make an impact right away.
2: He's right. Come on. How He's many right. guys... How many guys talk like that?
1: Right. So,
2: when you don't what,
0: want to go somewhere, who says? Who compliments the other team? Come yeah, I don't
2: on. think he's saying that about the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Right. No offense, Arizona. <laughs> and
2: everyone in his life, everyone in our old neighborhood is like, "Wayne, come play for the Leafs." Everybody like, wants I know, that. his friends are Leaf fans. Like I, we know this for fact. Mm-hmm. Like they're Leaf fans. Wayne, come home. Come play for the Leafs. <laughs> yep. Um, but I wonder, I wonder if, if the Leafs are interested, which I. Kind of hope they are. We've been talking about Wayne Simmons coming to the Leafs for a long time. I wonder if he looks at it and the Leafs look at it similarly to Tyler Ennis from a few years ago where when the Leafs got him, I'm like, guy's kind of busted up, isn't he? But he came to Toronto because of their medical staff, amazing facilities and their amazing medical staff and rehab staff. Now Wayne, I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it in his abdomen? There's something I something that, that sounded on very on his back
0: as well, if I remember yeah. correctly.
2: Take it from me. It's not fun. It's it's very not fun. But, and I mean, it's probably not as bad as Wayne Simmons. But if he... That's not why we're smiling. Steve? What?
0: Do you want to bring up Justin Fisher's tweet to you this evening? <laughs> yeah, a couple of days ago.
1: <laughs> I do. Bring it up. I missed it. Oh,
0: Adam, did bring you miss it up. this?
1: Bring it up. I didn't see this. What is it? <laughs> this is steve left <laughs> steve left okay so what's just our show now what what happened show the okay.
0: tweet oh, hold on let me let me just pull it up so i don't oh
2: do you not know. have the tweet prepared that you brought up Ugh. you guys are bullies here while jesse's preparing that tweet can i give free advertising to theragun i just got this in the mail today mm. it's a massager steve, what this. steve's
1: gonna do is pulverize his back into submission yep It's a good idea.
0: So I'm going to read this tweet from our dear friend, Justin Fisher. One of the the funniest
1: Twitter followers in the world, man. He's amazing.
0: He says, shit, you might think there's nothing Steve Dangle likes to talk about more than hockey. But you'd (laughs) be wrong. He loves to talk about his sore back.
2: (laughs) I got the Theragun
0: because he sent me the link. And if you know Steve, you know that that tweet is factual information. Yeah.
2: Hey, ask Steve, <laughs> Steve, you ever been to a rehab clinic for that back? No, Adam, I've never been to your friggin' witch doctor five cities away from me. So I go, I go, I have a bad jaw, which was from my bad back. Yeah, that's and, the
1: same. And so what happened was yeah.
2: from your thumb, you liar.
1: It w- well, it was from my thumb too. So what happened was I cut my thumb when I was 14. You got a magical ass jaw. What the f- anybody that's in uh uh physical therapy would be able to explain this better than I would. But essentially, there. because I've, I damaged nerve endings here, it led to some issues in my neck, in my back, and in my jaw. I yeah. went to uh the doctor, I did a whole bunch of things like he he obviously loosened me up, he put um uh uh I did acupuncture and ele- he'd electrify it too and oh. broke up all the tissue. And I had headaches every day for 10 years, right up until this January. I have not gone since COVID started mid-March. I did, I think I did two a week for six or seven weeks. And I have not had an issue since. Wow! And it's because he corrected my back. Now, Steve has been bitching about this back for the same amount of time as my job. And Steve, and Steve, Steve talks about his done, back more than he talks about hockey. He hasn't done a single thing. Like he's like, you like, he's He's seen a guy in his basement and he's like, this guy will sort me out or and he I does the, or the tennis
0: and ball stretches.
1: Yes. And he's like, <laughs> oh, hold on guys. I got to get the tennis ball out. You would just go to an athletic rehab clinic. You have a wife who has benefits. Yeah. You can use those benefits and go and get your back fixed. But you're like, nah, you know what? I'm going to cheap out on this one. <laughs> like, I'm on. going to buy a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy this thing. <laughs> it's that a geez, lacrosse ball. By the way, that thing is not going to, that's not going to fix you. Your hips are out You're... of alignment <laughs> and you uh... know it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a massager me. probably won't fix your permanent back damage. Yeah. I don't know if it's permanent, but whatever is going it's a on. Tool. He'll there.
1: go. He'll go, Jesse. Eventually yeah. he'll go. Mm-hmm. And it's in Toronto and NHL players, by the way, go to this clinic. Okay. Okay. Oh. Mm. They go to this clinic to get treatment. If Steve goes and he goes for five or six weeks, I can guarantee he's going to see results. And I'm not even going to say the clinic because it's not, that's not important. It's not. And, and he will be like, wow, that was great. I can't believe I didn't go earlier. But he refuses to go because it's in Toronto and because that's too far. <laughs> now, if my back was hurting, yeah. there'd be no bridge too far. I would drive all the way from Oshawa, all the way. But Steve's like, you know, I'm used to it now.
0: Steve, you wow. have the floor. Anyway. We, we will shut up. What do you think about your back?
2: Oh, yeah. Adam, oh, I would definitely do this. Adam's great at theoretical travel. I'm so <laughs> You're so good at theoretical commuting. Friggin'
0: That's stapled to Toronto
2: for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. You love it. You love it. A- Adam, what else would you do if the mean man were there? If I, if I were there, you know what I would have said? Can I
0: can I defend Adam
2: here? Yeah. As, as he well, laughs. Yeah. Let's Adam. See. Adam I bet does. you got all kinds of lines for for guys in traffic. Adam your does up. do
0: frequent travels to Perth, Ontario, where he That's has right. family. That's right. Yes. Every couple weekends, he does take that. Was it two hours?
1: Three and a half. Three and a half hour drive, Stephen. That's right. I go so, to my, my dad and stepmom are in Smith Falls. There and my go. aunt and uncle are in Lanark County. And actually, at the home hardware there, and I'm not going to say his name because I didn't, he didn't ask or he didn't say I could, but there is a fan of the Steve Dangle podcast there who is also in broadcasting college and I believe Algonquin. So let me just say, because I walked into the home hardware there and he was like, hey, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then, actually, strangely enough, I was in Perth this summer and I was uh, outside of a house and somebody walked out and they're like, Hey, did you use your paddleboard? I was like, get the fuck out. And she was like, she's like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Like, what are you doing here? And I'm
2: like, oh, I got family here.
1: So anyway.
0: (laughs) Steve, if Adam (laughs) can drive for family, you can drive for your back.
2: That is for business. For business. (laughs) Your back is business. You you visited that family every two weeks before you bought a house out there? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) You're such a great (laughs) nephew. You're such a great nephew, kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. But it's your back. It's your you need back. To fix that jaw for you, bud?
1: Can <laughs> <laughs> fix that jaw for you, bud?
0: That's point dangle.
1: <laughs> well,
2: but, but this is, that his back is what his a, business. What a fucking he's not taking care of it. Everyone take notes from Adam Wilde. Everyone take notes, holy shit. Take notes and write them down in bullshit chicken scratch because you're a doctor. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to get all kinds of messages from every everybody who took one kin course five years ago. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is going to be great. No. All they're trying to do don't is I help you. I'm shocked what? that our listeners what? were trying don't. to help you. You what took that one what? kin that? course yo do steve, is pro-
1: steve is backed into a corner and he's projecting right now don't you dare take that don't you dare I take that! I took a history
2: elective i know my history what what whatever happened to steve's history corner i'm a fucking expert too <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> oh man no that's okay man just enjoy your bag that's yeah great. yeah it's great through all this i'm your not is driving supposed- six world. hours to fucking toronto
1: once oh, you get no, it fixed, no. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call Mrs. Dangle and I'm gonna tell her that she needs to, she needs to. Oh,
2: that's great, that's great. Yeah, definitely bring that shit in my house. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, sometimes. you know what's great, Adam, is that I never get it. <laughs> oh no, Adam's introducing this brand new factor into my life.
1: <laughs> How will you handle that?
2: <laughs> oh, f- probably really well.
1: <laughs> By the way, I I uh, I told Steve Jesse that. One uh-huh. thing he needs to do with his son, Leo, yeah. uh, is, and Steve, don't, don't say anything yet, You're is this up. <laughs> uh, one thing he needs to do with his son, Leo, is take a video of Leo crying while he's young uh-huh. because they're oh, only young once, and, yes. and you only get to hear, you never get to hear that cry again. So this morning, <laughs> Jesse, at, uh, uh, what time was it? Jeez. Um, it was about, yeah, no, it was, it was this, last night at about 9.15. I already gone to bed. And I get one text, and it says, Adam, period. So already I'm in trouble. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then it says, as Leo goes through his first bout of colic, I'm reminded of the time you said to record his cry because I would miss it. Next text. Now explain to, to everybody what colic is. Colic is this thing that they can't figure out with babies that's basically gas that makes them cry and cry and cry and cry. And this is in the stage where you're not sleeping much anyway, so you just want to crawl into a rock and die. So
0: the baby has gas and it won't stop. crying.
2: And it's their six and not, not cries screams in agony, screams in agony. Like it's being eaten by fire ants from the inside. Yes. For seven hours straight.
1: Yes. They just don't stop. And it's, it's painful and it sucks. And it sounds like you had it a lot worse or that Leo's got it a lot worse than Everly did. But I know Everly had some serious issues with her, um, their little like intestinal tracts are are developing right so they're not yeah. fully developed and like i remember one time she had a, a number two that was so painful that she cried for an hour like it was you know there it just happens babies this is what happens with babies so let that t- wear a condom everyone but oh, the 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 thing is <laughs> no you trust me you don't want to go through it other <laughs> without having it planned let me put it, put it that way but Anyway, so so Steve said, as Leo goes through his first bout of colic, I'm reminded of the time you said to record his cry because I would miss it. And I was just thinking, Adam, you're a fucking psychopath.
2: <laughs> now I wrote back, I said, I am 32 years old. Not once have my parents ever been like, you know, Steve, we really miss your cry. It it's just right. you go back and you watch I have like a I only have like a five-second clip
1: of Everly doing it. But like she was this big, she's like a like a basket, like smaller than a basketball, and she cried, and I go it just brings you back like you remember that and you don't get that ever again. That little cry that she has gets bigger and bigger and bigger and scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, that, when they're little like that, you just go like it's as many pictures and videos as you can because oh. that lasts so – it's so short. It's so short. Steve hates this idea. Hates
2: I'll, it. I'll take that risk. I'll take care <laughs> Steve said he would rather I'll Google, Google baby, baby crying. <laughs> it's twenty twenty. I'll Google baby crying. So you didn't I take get any videos
0: cry? of her crying, of him crying. Sorry.
2: I think I have. I'm pretty sure I have at least one. Good.
1: That's all you need. Um, Just the one. Okay. but
2: But uh, let me tell you, yesterday I wasn't like, "Ooh, let me get my camera." Probably not. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that. Yep. That is. That's wild. Why, i don't know how <clears throat> how else to describe it and i also feel like i'm in this club now where uh like my wife and i are just going around to our friends and we're like this is really hard like this is boy like we must not be good at this and every parent is like i'm paraphrasing but every parent we know is like no we catfished you this is extremely hard and not mm-hmm. cute at all it does get and better I'm like, what it
1: does get better it gets better. And
2: that's what they all say is, oh, yeah, it gets better. And, but we didn't want to freak you out. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, the first you – know, you know what's really comforting is when you're two weeks in and everyone's like, ah, it's only three months. It's only three months of this or maybe four, sometimes six. And I'm like, what the f- – I'm two weeks in. Mm-hmm.
1: I was, we were six or seven before she was sleeping full nights. So it was, it was bad. you seven months. <laughs> Six or seven months. And you have to like, she might sleep four or five hours, but like, and I I remember having to because she, Everly, just hated going to sleep. Um, I had to like hold her and like hold her down because she would kick and punch and scratch and whatever she could if she knew she had to go to bed. So I used to listen to podcasts, history podcasts, while I was giving her a bottle and trying to hold her, like I even had her in like a little baby sack and she's still flailing. And and she had, she wanted the bottle, but she's still flailing, and you're just sort of holding them there like, I know you're going to sleep eventually. I know you're going to sleep eventually. I'm, I, just, I need you to sleep because I don't want to die. Um, and so the first six months of having a child are you're trying to survive as a parent. The next six to eight, maybe maybe year, or at least from what I've seen, is trying to keep your child from dying because they're into everything. So it kind of flips around on you. But anyway, Wayne Simmons. Um, I... <laughs> I, uh, uh, I do want to say, here's what I think was going to happen with Wayne Simmons. Okay. Wayne Simmons wants to come to Toronto. I have every confidence in the world that Kyle Dubas would want Wayne Simmons on the team. The question is, what is Kyle Dubas going to do when a team comes in and goes, we'll give you three over three? And Wayne oh has to take God. that. Do you think they will? Yes. Yes. Somebody's going to back this up. Maybe two not and a now. half.
2: Not now. You don't think yeah. so? Not no, somebody's going to do I, it. I'm on Adam I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting my expectations with everything. The money's not there. The money's not there for any of these teams. And uh, I'm always a big proponent that ownership should be hands-off. Ownership's going to be more hands-on than ever. And it's not going to be spend my money on this star or that star. It's going to be, please, for the love of God, do not spend my money because I don't have it. Uh, I think that's what it's going to be. Also, sidebar uh, with the Leafs. The only defense of like the Marner contract, for example, that I've had, you know, the Nylander contract, the Matthews contract, the Marner contract, what's okay about them is that they're longer. So people kept bringing up the Braden Point contract. Well, once those three years are up, then he's going to get paid. And Besser and all those guys who took those three years deal, no, they're not. Well, no, they're not. They're not going to get paid now. Elliot Friedman did say that.
1: There's a Elliot Friedman said this. There's a chance Besser signs a um, a qualifying offer, not a qualifying offer. He's a a, uh, restricted offer from another team. He was suggesting that that's entirely possible.
2: Sure, I bet it is. But like, as in like, Mm -hmm. and the
1: Islanders won't match. Like that's sorry, not Besser Canucks. Um, uh, Canucks. Oh, Barzal. Barzal is what I'm trying to say. I got them mixed up. Sorry. There's a there's a quote from Elliot saying. There's a chance. And it had to do with the Canucks. It was Besser. My bad. I'm so sorry. Um, the reality is the Canucks are in tight, and a team could come in and steal him. And if you're him, you have to take the biggest dollar. Now, is that the boogeyman we hear about every year? Elliot oh, Friedman said it, though. That's why I'm like, this
0: is weird. There's reports of it every year, though. That's I, why I'm always skeptical until... Yeah,
1: I- but it was... And you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right, but it was Darren Dreger last year. And we know we know the connection there right? Oh, guy. It's not against, listen, that's not against Darren. He's obviously got a great relationship with Darren Ferris and did a great job. And I believe was a half second away from breaking that anyway. So it worked out for him. He got a ton of attention. Uh, it got every time he was on the air, he got, there was clicks, there was listens, whatever. Drager was can't miss last summer. And that's what you need to do to be that sometimes. However, when uh, Elliot Friedman was never any of those things, Elliot Friedman was never going to be like, Oh, he's going to sign with the Zurich Lions. Like, he never reported that. Who did? Right? So when Elliot's saying it, I tend to go, okay, there may be some credence to that. Because he's not going to say it unless there's several people that are backing it up. So it's very, very interesting to see what will happen there. Um, and then I think lastly, didn't we have one more thing that we had to hit? And I've completely forgotten what it would have been. We had St- we had Capitals. We had Simmons. We had the playoffs. We had Tony potentially being offside. Mm-hmm. Have I completely lost my mind? That might be anything it. with the trophies, or oh yes. Well, the uh, the the uh, um, the nominees for best GM are out today. Oh, yes. Julian Breezeau, Jim Nil, and another guy that I can't remember right now. because Lamarello.
2: and Lou. Not just right. some other guy. Is it's got to be a made
1: man? It must be Julian Breezeau, right? I think so. Breeze Boyce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breeze Boyce.
2: I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, I saw a bunch of people talking about, like, how could you possibly judge a GM based on one year's work? Like, the Lightning are not good because of what Boyd did last summer. You know what I mean? But it's they did
1: take a big step forward with all the trades he made. The Blake Coleman trade was great.
2: Yes. So, I'm looking at, like, I'm looking at the Islanders, for example, and going, well, what did they – do, they got Verlamov. Mm-hmm. Like, what was their other big? Wasn't a ton else. I think really, I mean,
1: it was it was hiring Barry Trotz two summers ago.
2: But that was two summers ago, right? Yeah, so right. like, what did what did Lou I mean, do? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm, the, the Islanders show? are good, but what did he do? I don't know. Joe? What did you do? Uh, Jim Nill. You could look at with the stars and. That pick makes a bunch of sense to me. They went out and they spent a bunch of money and people were like, what are you giving money to Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski for? And now look at them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and Breeze, why I mean, coach is probably the best team in hockey on paper. And they made some necessary moves, but yeah, Lou, I don't, I don't get it.
1: There you go. Well, we'll see who wins and watch. It'll be Lou (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Uh, Because it may be, it may turn into the Jack Adams award. The, well, we're still surprised you're here.
2: Yeah. I should say sorry, Lou did a bunch at this deadline. Yes. Yeah but he wouldn't win then based on that They, they played win. three games or something like that before before everything was postponed, so I don't know.
1: We'll see. Let's do the press conference. The presser
2: S C P the Steve Dangle Press
0: Conference. You guys? Leafs fan Craig has figured it out.
1: What has he figured
0: out? Leafs fan Craig wants to know if the Leafs are able to sign Tanev, DeMello, and Goudas in free agency, Mm -hmm. obviously with some salary cap trades, is that a legitimate defense group? He lists the pairings. Riley Tanev, Muzzin DeMello, Sandine Goudas. Lettonen Where's Durman? as the spare? Dermot's the as spare? Lattonin as the spare.
1: Where's Dermot?
2: <laughs> that must have been off to a trade. somewhere. Um, I, I mean, think... <laughs> what you if the Leafs? That, yeah. What if the Leafs go out and sign an entire right side? Like this is why, dude. Well, they'd probably have to. I love the imagination, but like, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if they were able to get it, go out and not just sign an entire right side, but a right side of that quality. Goodis is probably going to get a lot of money. Tannem is probably going to get a lot of money. DeMello is going to be cheap, but he's going to get more money uh, than he was given. You're talking about... That's like, what, a dozen mil? Maybe. It's p- probably between 10 and 12. Well, you've got to get rid of for those three.
1: Your, Hall, Dermott, Kerfoot, and Janssen are probably gone to make that happen. That sounds not fun. Well, it doesn't sound bad. It's just I i don't know that you need to get rid of Justin Hall at $2 bucks a year. I mean, I think he's a good – I think Justin Hall, better suited on the third pair. He's great with Muzzin, but I think that's because Jake Muzzin's very good and Justin Hall shoots right. I think if you were to look at what you really need to look at there, I, you don't tra- you don't necessarily need to trade – Justin Hall I think you can look at um I do I'll be honest with you I uh really like Chris Tanev and have for a long long time the only thing I have an issue with is the fact that he's got a pretty bad injury history but he has he played really well this year and was relatively healthy um Chris Tanev what he brings off the ice is an older guy like 30 who's tougher and uh, and also, like, they did features on him in the playoffs and what a great teammate he is. I think the Leafs could use a little of that in their room, um, and I-, I think that he's a son of a bitch to play against. No one likes playing against Chris Tanev, so if you've got Tanev-Riley, there's something solved. If you had to go haul Muzzin, well, there's Muzzin who you don't want to play against, and let's say you get Radko Gudis, who was a six seven guy with the caps, but the Leafs' defense is... Easily thinner. I mean, the Caps have a Norris trophy nominee on their defense. Um, but if you have gudas as your six seven guy and you've got, I don't know, if you've got Dermot drawing in, if you've got Sandine drawing in, you got Letton in there as well, um, you have the opportunity to be a to have a bastard literally out there every shift. Just a an SOB to play against every shift. A guy where you you need, that. You need to keep your head up every shift. So to me, I I bring it down to if I can keep Chris Tanev in the lineup for 60 games with my great medical stab, which the Leafs do have, and if I can keep Radko Gudas from going Radko Gudis on people most nights, you know, if I can have him playing the edge that we need him to play but not cost the team, which is what he's been accused of rightly so in the past, um, I-, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And you don't have to give up as much. Like I, don't, I, I still don't know. Andreas Janssen is is a big question mark for me. Because you, know, you, you could argue that you may have to you know, trade his contract or trade Kerfoot's contract to make something like that happen. And the question is, if you do trade Kerfoot and he is a center, what do you do there? Um, Jansen seems a more tradable thing, but then who wants him after a knee injury? One of those guys has got to go for, these, for my scenario to even happen. I think you need two of those three, and I think you know, T.J. Brody, everybody talks about, would be a great fit with the Leafs, and I agree. But he, he's not you've got Morgan Riley already. I I need to, I need a little bit more fight. I need a little bit more. I hate playing against this guy. And TJ Brody's not a shrinking violet, but he's not Chris Tanev, right? Is that fair?
2: No, but like I think there's something to there's something to the idea of bolstering something the Leafs already have. Mm-hmm. Their left side on D is pretty good. They got Riley. They got Muzzin. And then their third pair, uh, I would like to see it be Sandine. I'd like Dermot to take a step. I just don't know if it's there. Because I'm looking at Tampa and I'm like, dude, their right side is off the scrap heap. Outside of Cernak, they got Shattenkirk, who I think was bought out, Bogosian, who I think was bought out, and Luke Shen, who I think was bought out. Um, but and then making Anthony, it work. P- Anthony Petrelli, though, Adam, made a great point on Twitter. He's like, the reason that works is because on the left of all those guys is Hedman, McDonough, Sergei yeah. Right. So maybe they go out and they get a really good uh, left guy because it's easier to get. I don't know. I don't know so, what it is. I. I. But I don't think the answer is signing an
1: entire right side. I also don't think that you can make this decision with on the left side with when it comes to Dermot before camp. Um, Rasmus Sandin, as much as everybody loves him, and 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 that's and it's a fair thing. He's been very very good. Um, hasn't stuck in the lineup. And they made a
2: mistake burning the first year of his contract.
1: I think so, sure. That was a mistake, uh, but they did it and whatever. But it, it, regardless of how that works out, that's a couple years down the road. You can't think of like that right now. I think, um, I think Rasmus Sandine's got to step up, he's got to take that spot away from Travis Dermott. And it's now time to take the kid gloves, gloves off. He's had a couple years to develop, now it's like, are you in or are you out? And if, if Rasmus Sandine can't beat Travis Dermott to that spot. And Travis Dermott already drives you nuts with some of the shit that he pulls, even though you know the skills there. One day you feel like this player is going to put it together.
2: I don't think you can get rid of him. I don't think you would can. You rather have – here's one. Who would you rather have in your third pair? Justin Hall making two mil
1: mm-hmm.
2: or Timothy Lilligren trying to figure it out? Justin Hall. I know. At what point does do? he become
1: trade fodder? Be, when Timothy Lilligren steps up. Which no, I mean been. Lilligren. At what oh. point does he become? Well, I don't think people put a lot of value in him. Like, it's awesome. sort of like it's, I think he's got the, <laughs> no, I think he's sucks. got the William Nylander thing where he's probably better than people rate him as. Um, but a lot of people just don't put any value on what he brings yet. I think Lilligren is going to be an NHL player. And I think he's going to be a top four D somewhere and maybe in Toronto. And I want him to step up. But at a certain point, Sandine and Lilligren, it's like, Guys, are you here? Are you coming in or are you not? Because if you're not better than Travis Dermott, then you don't deserve to be in the lineup. Fair? He's the sixth guy. He needs to take a step so bad, man. He does, and I feel like he can. I feel like he can. He's got some time to figure it out. We don't know when the
2: next season's going to be. This is it. (laughs) This is Uh, it for him. This is it. Was he going to be, 23, 24 now? uh, He's still not even going to be that old. And like he had a season coming off of injury, but like we're in unprecedented times, and every year, you know, you can count on the Leafs improving from within because they're so young. You know, Matthews is going to get better with time. Marner is going to get better with time. Nylander's still getting better with time. I think. Uh, yeah, Dermott's twenty three in December. He's he'll be twenty four. So he'll be 24, roughly, around the beginning of this season.
1: So we should know, but oh, I don't man. think I, everybody God. that's like, "Well, we can trade Travis Dermott." I don't think I don't think you're going to get fair value, and I just don't think you know yet.
2: I also see everything I want in a Leafs player in him. It's just his decision making is yeah. wild. Yep, he's yep. he's not fun. He's fit. He's fast. He's creative.
1: Good teammate, um, fun by, guy. Not,
2: Good teammate, fun guy, good off the ice. Um, just makes wacky decisions with that puck, man. So
1: that's the question. And, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that watch a lot of Marley's hockey are going to be all over me saying, well, Sandy's ready, Sandy's ready, uh, until they prove it to the that's coaching the staff. And he might be. He might be. But he, it hasn't happened yet. So all we can go on is based on what we have, but what we know. And what we know is that Sandine has not taken a spot from Travis Dermott. And guess who knows them both really well? Who? Sheldon Keefe. There it is. Doesn't he? Doesn't just watch tape. He's he's played them. He's deployed them. He knows. So I, I, give that, me a third and, pair of Rasmus Lily. Come on, that would be amazing. And then you Come only on. have to find one. if they're but
0: good, you know. Yeah, and
1: then you know the, the other thing, yeah, right, Jesse. Like the thing is, is that are they tough enough? Yeah. And I know it's... I hate asking that because I hate being that guy. But the Leafs aren't tough enough. We know that.
0: Yeah, You can't put them out there and then they get pummeled every time, you know right, right.
1: you can't get their faces caved in no. so you know even if you have a rotation of and you'd have a taxi squad or you'd, the Leafs have run it so close in the past that they that they literally have to send guys down to make sure they can save some cap space, but if you don't spend in the cap this year if you're the Leafs, and you can have letnin Lilligren, sanding and uh um uh, Dermot and you can rotate guys in or, or say Gudis in there somewhere you have some combination of that um you can actually figure out who the best ones are and then at the trade deadline look at moving somebody else
2: you know what i love is that we're not going to have to do this all day every day for like four months because the stanley cup is going to get awarded it's going to be the draft the next day and then i think it's going to be breakneck speed you think so oh it's going to be awesome well they already moved the draft up Yesterday yes. they announced uh, yeah. to be on the sixth Yeah, six
0: seven. Uh, uh, NHL draft set to begin October sixth, free agency, October nine. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that's gonna rule. It's gonna rule. There's gonna be it's it's gonna be hard to follow for sure. Also, I'm pretty sure the draft is like Tuesday, Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, they moved it from like the Friday to the Tuesday, which is kind of weird.
2: It yeah, a lot got, of people I are like, a bedtime oh, from, during the week. This is the thing. A lot of people are looking at it from a bedtime or a bedtime. Actually, yeah, bedtime. (laughs) They're looking at it from a broadcast perspective. And why would Sportsnet? I I I highly doubt it was Sportsnet's decision, and I'm sure there's a reason.
1: I feel like Sportsnet might be able to help with that decision.
2: (laughs) I would think so too. But if I'm spending five billion
1: dollars, I might have a say in that. What time is it again? It's going to be at like seven
0: p.m. on a Tuesday. The first round.
2: The first round, and it always goes forever. And Well, isn't Thanksgiving that weekend? Yeah, in Canada, but no one cares.
1: Yeah, they might, though, for the ratings period, because that's the thing. Maybe Sportsnet was like, let's do it on the week going into Thanksgiving because we don't want to do a Thanksgiving weekend because we won't get the same ratings. There's nothing going on on a Tuesday. I think programming-wise, that actually might make a lot of sense.
2: Things they never had to consider. But
1: now
0: the um, free ag- free agency frenzy is on Friday at, I guess what
1: was well, then it? you got a, One? a bunch of people who took the day off. Yeah, yeah. Extended long weekend, at least in Canada. Right. United States does Thanksgiving at the right time, which is the end of November. How dare you! I'm 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 so pro American Thanksgiving. You don't even know. I like I have a whole thing on this. American Thanksgiving is done at the right time because at least then you have Labor Day in, in September, you've got Halloween uh, in October, you've got something in November to look forward to, and then Christmas. In November in Canada, it's gray and dark and dull. And you have Leafs hockey and Mike Babcock's playing Ma- Austin Matthews 16 and a half minutes a game and not realizing that Leo Komarov played 23 minutes a game and saying that's crazy, and then the reporters go, no, that's what's on the game sheet.
2: My, sorry my therapy
1: bill it's i know money. i know it's, that's, it's going out of the back Ameri- fund and going into therapy american thanksgiving i'm telling you it's in the right spot it's wrong so no you're not wrong about that yeah i know the harvest i get it but whatever uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's not gonna change um and last question jesse you want another one yeah let's do one more what no. the hell
0: all right so i'm gonna bring up something that wise underscore talent on Twitter brought our attentions to. Mm. So wise underscore talent said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. This is a tweet from that's underscore offside. They oh. write, sometimes I'll watch a 6'3 kid playing D and be like, that kid's a right winger. But since he's big, he's just been playing D his whole life. And sometimes I watch a 5'10 forward like, He really does well when the game is in front of him. But someone was afraid of a short kid on the blue line. And then he quote tweeted himself and said, Quinn Hughes is what happens when Mitch Marner learns gap control. Marner is a defenseman.
1: Proceed as such. I have actually said, I have suggested this. I have suggested this. I tweeted this. I think I tweeted this exact thing and said it.
2: The Leafs best right-handed defenseman is Mitch Marner. He's absolutely right. They'll never do it. They'll never do it. They'll never do it. It's and that's not even a Leafs thing. That is no. a it's an who, NHL thing. Okay. How many successful, truly successful, when they're already in the NHL transitions have there been from a defenseman going to forward like or a forward going to the Brent defenseman.
1: Burns and Mark Pisick, and that's about it. Pissick's just, just Bufflin.
2: Bufflin and Burns. Bufflin. Those oh. are the only names I can think of. Worked out those well for the, those guys though. Sure did. Hey, by the way, uh, total total
1: aside, Justin, Dustin Bufflin's name's been bandied about with the Leafs. What you, do you, you heard anything about him maybe no. coming back? I haven't never, either, not mm, a thing, not name. read a thing. We don't even know if never he's going to play hockey again. Well, that's what I mean, no, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that it's even being brought up.
2: <laughs> he, listen, I'll take, take him, a mean, pissed off, motivated, Dustin Bufflin any day of the week, but like, we don't know this guy's health status. We don't know if he's ever going to play again. We don't know anything about him. So I, Forgive me if I'm not totally jacked about the idea of Dustin Buffalo. Yeah.
1: But by the way, One totally day. offside. 100% correct. Just throwing that out there. In conclusion, yes. One day hockey needs to transition to
0: a more positionless sport. Like that's that's the future of it. It's these guys are too athletic and too skilled at all aspects of the game. They should really be trained at playing everywhere and then you just kind of maneuver around the ice in different formations instead of you got these two guys back and these three guys up. Everybody should just be moving to correct positions on the ice, depending on the situation. It's wild. What a thought.
1: This is a league, though, that not 10 years ago was drafting players who were actively less talented and less competent than players that came later in the draft just because they were a couple inches taller. Braden Point. For many years, the league was like, no, good hockey player, I want to draft this knuckle-dragging person because he's huge.
2: Cody Cc is a forward. (laughs) He's just just miscast. He's just miscast.
1: Hey, man, I wouldn't mind him on the fourth line. What's he going to do? What's the worst that can happen?
2: I don't know. They get scored on probably, but like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Steve, he's good at defense. (laughs) Mm-hmm. just ask the gm now uh <laughs> i guess we'll end on that note um we're out of here for today uh we love you thank you for listening we'll be back sunday don't forget to tell us whether or not you thought yeah let's go raps tonight don't forget to tell us whether you think tony is offside or not and please encourage steve to go to a real rehab clinic and fix his back so we can stop hearing about it also we like steve and we don't want him to be in pain that's the other reason some of us like steve
0: The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam
2: W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.